Hopefully I can remember these things. The first one is because I want to encourage you. I love encouraging people. Encouragement in the Bible is a spiritual gift. I want to encourage you to keep going, but I also want to encourage you guys to encourage one another to keep going. Be somebody who encourages people because encouragement can so often be so neglected in our church, as, as in big C, big church, all church. So encourage one another. That's the first thing. The second thing. Sorry, I thought of three things and I really want to remember them. The first thing was to encourage you guys. Either way, I'll go to it. The, the second thing is because um, this doesn't happen overnight. What we're talking about is culture. And... When I joined you guys, even just on the ferry on Friday afternoon, I instantly saw a culture with you guys. And it's those things that I was talking about, the way you love one another, the way you're selfless, the way you're, you're, uh, you cherish one another. And culture doesn't grow overnight. In fact, it takes years to build culture. And um, that is as a result of God's spirit working in you, but using the wonderful adults that you see in this room to use and equip you and so I want to say to you guys I think you are immensely privileged to have these leaders in the room Dave I'll call you out you, the way you equip your team is wonderful but guys I think you are so immensely blessed and privileged to have these leaders in the room please remember that having s witnessed so many youth groups and 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 church you know, youth group volunteers, you are so immensely blessed to have these guys. Please love and cherish them. They love you more than anything, and they want to pour into you. And when I look around this room, right, I see immense godliness. I see immense spiritual maturity. And I think you guys need to hear that. You guys need to know that I look at you guys, and I just see godly giants in the room. I see people that are really serious about their faith. I see people that are really mature. What does that mean? It means that you've got resilience. You've been through it. You've come out the other side, and God's refined you and made you stronger and better because of it. Keep going, because I just think you guys are immense. C can you give your, your leaders a round of applause? Because <coughs> these guys work tirelessly. They love you a lot. They don't love you as much as God loves you, but they love you because God first loved you and because God first loved them. Um, so commit to download. Commit to your churches. Commit to your youth groups. But remember that godliness is, is bread on your own. It's on your knees, in your room, when nobody's looking. Having times in your word, fighting your battles with God's spirit. That's where godliness grows. That's absolutely nothing really what I wanted to talk about this morning, but I thought it was really important that you guys need to know that. All right, so thank you. Thank you for having me this weekend. Thank you for the joy it's been, the encouragement it's been for me to get to know you guys this weekend. Okay. So in our sessions together, um, we've tracked God's promise, haven't we? From the Israelites, it was carried through Abraham, those after him, and fulfilled finally in Joshua, as we heard yesterday. 
Joshua finally led God's people across the Jordan River, didn't he? Into the land of Canaan, their promised land. And God delivered the city of Jericho into their hands. And didn't we, how although God used Joshua in this way, it was completely God's victory. Yeah, we read about the most bizarre battle plans and tactics that seemed to be completely weapon and might free. Instead, it relied completely and solely 100% on the faithful promises of God and us trusting that he would fulfill them. We've thought about the promise carried. We've thought about the promise fulfilled. And this morning in this last session, we're going to see the promise extended. We're going to see further fulfillments of this promise as we witness God's people living in their land And we're going to think about how that same promise that we've been thinking about all weekend, carried from Abraham to Joshua, is extended even to us today through the ultimate and eternal work of Jesus. And that makes me smile a lot. So, I want to take you guys back to Disneyland Paris one last time. I know. Does anyone know what Disney's tagline is? Yes, it is literally that, Asin. It is where dreams come true. Has anyone heard that before? Yeah, it's actually all over their branding. It's where dreams come true. Good. Now, subconsciously, right, that at its core is a promise, right? It's a bold statement saying if you visit Disneyland or if you invest in anything Disney, then all your dreams will come true. Now, sadly, I haven't been back to Disneyland Paris since they bought out Marvel and Star Wars and literally built like entire lands, you know, themed around Avengers. That basically sounds like the greatest place ever to me. But when you drive out of Disneyland Paris down this really, really long road, right, and you go through, you, you, you go under this big banner on the way out, it says on that banner, Blah, blah, blah. It says on that banner, thank you for visiting the happiest place on earth. That's literally what it says. You go out and it says, thank you for visiting, or this way for you, thank you for visiting the happiest place on earth. Now, that's a pretty bold statement, right? Whether you believe it or not, and Walt Disney clearly believed it. But for what it's worth, I'm really glad that they didn't say, thank you for visiting the happiest place ever. I'm really glad that they actually said the happiest place on earth because I believe bolder than that statement is actually the place that Jesus offers us. And that's not on this earth as we know it. We're going to see this morning, right, that through the promise extended, there is an eternal, a forever, perfect promised land to us that the book of Revelation tells us where there will be no more pain, No more tears, no more crying or suffering or pain or or death. For the old order of the things has passed and the new has come. An eternal promised land that really will be the greatest place ever. So, one final time this morning with the person next to you for 30 seconds. What would your ideal house look like and where would it be? Go. Okay, sorry, I just need to go and check something. Come on then, what would your ideal house look like? Shout some things out. 
What would it have? What would it look like? What would you have in the in the field? It would just be huge, yeah, okay. What would it have? Pardon? It'd be near a beach, okay, yeah, cool. Be near a beach. Anything else? It'd be warm, a full size football pitch, yeah, come on. In the countryside, I love that. A cottage, the, the cottage from the holiday. Just, just the, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere near mountains. Oh, wow. That's mountains, the beach, and the countryside. Basically, just, just all four corners of the earth, all the way around. Yeah. Yeah, walking distance from McDonald's, swimming pool, all those sorts of things. Yeah. Great. Take your kind of, you know, images of your perfect ideal houses and, and locations, and we're just going to, like, you know, expand them tenfold as we come back to that in a bit when we talk about this, uh, this, this perfect promised land. So, God's promise. Let's remind ourselves, okay, of this original promise. What were those three things? You guys are good. Joshua chapter 1, right? We, we, we read it yesterday. Let's remind ourselves of God's promise to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, right? Verse 6, he said to Joshua, didn't he? Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I promised to your ancestors. And then in verses 7 to 8 of Joshua 1, we thought about this yesterday. God said to him, be careful to obey the law. Don't turn away from it. And you will be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law, remember the first five books, on your lips day and night so that you will always remember it. That's what God said to Joshua in chapter 1 yesterday. Now we can look back in hindsight, right, can't we? And we can say that Joshua did that, didn't he? He, he remained true to God. He obeyed God's commands. He was successful in bringing God's victory at Jericho. He was successful in bringing the Israelites into their promised land. And now, having won kind of several other battles in God's name, Joshua and God's people are living peacefully in the lands they have inherited, in the lands that God promised them. And I just want us to see that briefly this morning. So find with me in your Bibles, Joshua 23, Joshua chapter 23, okay, which is somewhere. Sorry about that bang. Joshua chapter 23. Now, this is many years later, okay? The Israelites have been living in their perfect promised land for quite a while now. And a time comes when Joshua is to give a farewell speech before he parts. And, and, and I want us just to, just to read a, a short bit of this. Uh, does anyone feel uh, bold enough to read six verses for us this morning? Joshua 23, verses 1 to 6. Someone be brave. Thank you very much, Imogen. That would be wonderful. Before you do that, I'm just going to pray as we read God's word. All right. Remember, we believe the Bible is God's word, and therefore every time we read the Bible, God speaks to us. Father, thank you for your word, the Bible. Thank you that it's alive and active. Pray that you'd speak to us in this moment this morning. We're perhaps a little bit tired, but Father, would you, by your Spirit, speak to us and encourage us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Imogen. Joshua 23, 1 to 6. Perfect. Thank you very much. So Joshua is basically saying, look back, right? Look back and remember what your God has done for you. 
all that he has achieved for you, all that he has promised you, not just in Joshua's time, but actually over like the last 600 years as he first promised Abraham. And then do you see right in verse 6, Joshua passes on to the Israelites exactly what God first said to him. He says, be strong, be careful to obey the law of Moses and don't turn from it left or right. He's literally passing on the teaching to God's people that God first taught him. Joshua is saying, remember what God has done for you in the past and continue in that way. Because here's the thing, right? If we can see and know that God is faithful to his promises in the past, then friends, we can know that God is faithful to his promises now. And we can know that he will be faithful to his promises in the future. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is unchanging, faithful character to his people. And this is why and how this promise that was inherited to Joshua from Abraham and Isaac, Jacob, Moses, all the Old Testament people, all the people in the Old Testament, that's why... This same promise is then extended to us today. Do you remember I said to you yesterday that kind of in Hebrew, the, the, the name Joshua and Jesus kind of come from that, that, same, that same word, that same name. It's because Joshua is just this foreshadow of Jesus, right? In fact, God's people in the Old Testament are like a foreshadow of, of God's people all over the world now. It's like the nation of Israel as God's people was like a microcosm, an image of God's people all over the world. Remember, right, Joshua led God's people into their promised land as he took on Jericho. And Jesus will lead us into our promised land as he took on sin and death. We thought last night, didn't we, that God fought our battle for us, our ultimate Jericho the greatest wall and the barrier in our life, this sin. A sin that ultimately puts a barrier between us and God. It's sin that drives us away from God. Our sin, our rebellion drives us away from our relationship with God. But Jesus fought this battle for us. He came to earth to live a perfect life to embody the perfect representation of God's word lived out in human form. And he lived a perfect life so that he could die a perfect death. Because, friends, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, okay, he was thinking of you. He was thinking of every single one of you by name. A name that he has always known since before the creation of the world. Friends, you are so known and loved by God. So much so that he gave up his entire life for you so that you could have the opportunity to live with him and be in relationship with him for eternity. And let me tell you, Jesus would have still died if you were the only person on earth. See, by dying on the cross, right, as the perfect sacrifice that Jesus was, Jesus is, he was able to take on that sin. He was able to take on the penalty of death that the Bible talks about and get rid of it. 
he took it to the grave and he left it there. Because when Jesus rose again, right, he conquered the grave and he conquered death. And therefore, he broke that barrier of sin and he won victorious over the penalty of death. This is the gospel, friends. And guess what? All of those things that he did, he promised to do beforehand. Jesus fought our battle of Jericho. But it doesn't end there. We were singing about last night how God, by his spirit, gives us the strength to help us fight our battles now. Battles that are won on our knees in prayer, trusting in the faithful promises of God. The same power that the Father raised Christ from the grave with lives in you by his spirit if we're a follower of Jesus. God was victorious over Jericho through Joshua, and then Joshua led them into their promised land. And one day, if we know the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we too will enter an eternal land of rest, an eternal land of fruitful, perfect life in heaven, in the new creation that God is going to make. See, Jesus promises those who know him an eternal life in paradise. And let me tell you, right, Our culture and the societies that we're part of can promise us no such thing beyond life on earth. God's promises are so significant in our lives because they surpass life on earth. The promises of God are not limited by death or life here on earth. They are fulfilled even in life beyond earth for eternity. Turn with me towards the back of your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. This is the last passage that I want us to look at together this weekend. The book of Hebrews is all about how Jesus fulfills everything that we've been talking about. How all the Bible is about Jesus. How Jesus is better. That's literally a phrase for for Hebrews. Jesus is better. But all the Bible is about Jesus. And the passage I want us to to close on this morning, I think, is why. We're in Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to read a wonderful passage together. And I wonder if there's maybe two or three people that can help us read it. We're going to be in Hebrews 4, verses 1 to 16 together. And we're going to spend the remainder of our time here. Is there a couple of people that are happy to read one final time for us? Thank you very much. That would be wonderful. Um, is there anybody else? Or, or we can literally read it. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you very much. And um, Should we split it in half? Kind of uh, s- um, one to seven. And, the, and then Jenna, um, eight to si- the end of 16. Is that okay? Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks, girls. Thank you so much. Verse 12, for the word of God is alive and active, and he speaks to us in his word. Let's just pick out a few things this morning. Check out verse 9 with me. There remains for us, the people of God, those who know and trust Jesus, an eternal Sabbath rest. And verse 16, that last verse that we read, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. 
Because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, dying, rising, and now sitting eternally at the right hand of the Father, we can approach God with confidence, friends. We can come to him, our perfect heavenly Father, in times of need. That is a promise. Remember we've read this weekend that God hears the cries of his people He is concerned and he does something about it. That something is Jesus who conquered our greatest barrier, our greatest Jericho. And because Jesus was victorious, because Jesus was faithful to his father's promise, we inherit that victory too if we know him. We inherit that promise too. And what is that promise? Well, it's that promise to Abraham. What were the three things? It's the promise of an eternal, perfect, promised land that was carried through the generations from Abraham, fulfilled in Joshua with the Israelites, and is now extended to us through the work of Jesus, that we might live in light of Jesus' victory and one day inherit our eternal promised land, that we would receive all of God's eternal blessings. There's a beautiful passage in Ephesians 1 that talks about that. And that we might be part of one global nation. We will be one united people of God living and serving and worshipping him. Do you know what? This, This eternal promise, okay, is a promise that far, far outweighs anything that our society could even hope to offer us, let alone fulfill. And friends, this promise is available to every single one of us. And so here is where I want to land this weekend. Look back down with me at verse 7 in Hebrews 4. There's the little quote marks. It's quoting David from Psalm 95. It says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. This weekend, as we've opened God's word together, He's been speaking to our hearts. We know that's happened because Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is alive and active. And he promises to speak to us through his word. And this weekend, perhaps God has been speaking to you. That was very evident for some of us last night. Perhaps he's been encouraging you, filling you with his spirit. Perhaps he's been challenging you. Maybe convicting you of sin or the need to repent. Maybe he's, he's been reminding you of the promises that he has for you. Perhaps there's some of us this weekend that are still maybe not right with Jesus. Maybe there's some of us this weekend that perhaps actually haven't had that, that yes moment to Jesus. Maybe you've been coming to download for a little while or you've been around at Christchurch surrounded by these wonderful people, and you're thinking, there's something there. (coughs) You see, friends, coming to Westbrook doesn't make us a Christian. Coming to church each week doesn't make us a Christian. Growing up in a Christian family all your life doesn't make you a Christian. Every single one of us has that decision ourselves to make to trust Jesus and the promises that he has for us. And so today, this weekend... If you hear his voice, then don't harden your hearts. 
open your heart to Jesus. To receive this promise of abundant, full life that he has for you. To receive the inheritance of this promise that he has for you. To live in light of the victory that Jesus won for you on the cross. Now let me be really clear, okay? God doesn't promise us an easy life. God doesn't promise us a life without trouble. But he does promise to give you the strength to face those trials. He does promise to surround you with brothers and sisters in Christ, in church, to walk alongside you. And let me tell you, as I look around the room, you guys have got some godly brothers and sisters. He does promise you his spirit that can give you the inner strength every day to fight the battles and the temptations in your life. He does promise that the eternal glory that you will inherit in your promised land will far outweigh any trial or failed promise that we might have experienced on earth. And so, friends, if there is anyone here this weekend that hasn't yet had that moment where you've said yes to Jesus and you would like to, then I want to give you that opportunity before we go. God's word says, today, if you hear his voice, today is the day of salvation. So do not harden your hearts. Don't risk it and wait because we don't know what life's battles will throw at us. But we do have the opportunity to know the God who's won the battle for us. And so I'm going to pray for us. And if you want to pray these words in your heart, then do. Maybe for some of you, it's a first time prayer. Maybe for some of you, you think this weekend is a bit of a, a checkpoint and, and, and you need to recommit your life to Jesus. There's no shame in that. We all do it all the time. That's okay. But I want to pray for us just before I conclude. <coughs> Father, and maybe, maybe you just want to repeat these words in your heart as I say them maybe. Uh, Father, thank you that you know my name. Thank you that you sent your perfect son, Jesus, to live a perfect life and die for me on the cross. Thank you that you took my sin and my shame to the grave and you left it there. And thank you that as you, Jesus, rose from the grave, <clears throat> you offer me forgiveness and an eternal relationship with you, the one true God. And Father, in my heart right now, I turn away from my selfish way of living <coughs> and I turn to you and I say, Yes, Jesus. I say your promises are yes and amen, and I want to grab them for my life. And I ask, Lord, that by your spirit, you would come into my life, you would fill me afresh, and that you would help me to live for you and help me to remember your promises. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Guys, if you're here this weekend and you prayed that prayer for the first time, 
please tell your small group leader in a moment. <laughs> they would love to pray with you and encourage you. And if you prayed that prayer for the subsequent time and you felt like that was a bit maybe a recommitment for you, share that with your small group leader and they'll be like, great, how can we help you? How can we encourage you? Friday night, we looked at the promises of God's word from Psalm 19. We've thought about land, nation, blessing, the promise carried from Abraham, the promise fulfilled in Joshua and ultimately in Jesus. And we've thought about the promise extended. Friends, remember this as we close. We serve a God who is always faithful to his promises. He is unchanging. And God's promises far outweigh anything that our world and our society can ever offer us. So remain faithful to him because he'll never let you down. But remember that God's promises don't rely on your faithfulness to him. They rely on his faithfulness to you, which will never change.